0: Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the CareerPod team, Mr. Gary Walrap.
1: I'm here with Tyson Sunnenberg, a certified personal trainer. We had been talking about his educational preparation and will now discuss his graduation from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and his transition into his first position out of college
0: it wasn't clear on what I wanted to do in college. Uh, I did go to UMass Amherst um, for a degree in uh, hospitality and tourism management. Uh, and I also picked up a, a minor in psychology. Uh, and when I graduated from there in uh, 2003, I worked at a, a family owned restaurant. I was a manager and it just, you know, it wasn't really going, um, wasn't really going anywhere with that. I didn't believe. Um, but I had, um, so while I was at school, I was a division one uh, collegiate cheerleader. So there was some activity there. Um, you know, eating was, eating wasn't so, but I stayed active. Um, I worked out a little bit. Uh, I was, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was uh, 21. So I was at school. Um, you know, it wasn't due to my, wasn't due to my physical shape. Um, but, um, I, I got got to exercise a lot more once the diagnosis because it does it does help control my blood sugar. So uh, I really got committed to fitness um, from there, but more so once I graduated and I, I had a regular schedule with uh, with work and um, I really enjoyed uh, making routines and helping people that were at the gym. So um, that's where my where I got introduced to to fitness. Um, and then fast forward to 2000, and, um, it was 2005, 2006, uh, Quincy College, which is uh, local to me, had developed a new program, uh, a, a certificate program, exercise science and personal training. And there was a gentleman that worked at the gym that I was um, working out at who suggested I give it a, sh- a shot because he had observed um, what I was like at the gym and how much I enjoyed exercise and helping people around, um, so around the gym. So he, 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 he looked and saw that it was, uh, a, an option for me, which was great. And so I, uh, I went, went at it and, um, it's been the best choice of my life so far.
1: Oh, that's, uh, that's great. It sounds like it was a, a good decision you made. Uh, you're obviously been in the field for a number of years. Uh, In terms of uh, certification, Tyson, uh, uh, are there different uh, organizations that certify personal trainers? Uh, How how does
0: that work? Yeah, it's a great question, Gary. Actually, there's a number of them. Um, The program I um, got involved in at Quincy, they actually were geared towards having the folks pass uh, the test for the American College on Exercise, which is ACE. Uh, That's a... that's one of the certifying bodies. There's also uh, a company called uh, ACSM, the American College of Sports Medicine. That is another organization that certifies trainers. Uh, but there's a few others, too. Um, you know, there's, uh, I think, the um, National Sports and Conditioning uh, is another one um, that I think you have to actually have a bachelor's degree. But yeah, ACE and uh, ACSM are the two, uh, two largest bodies for certification, where you know anyone really can get um a certification for that through uh online training they do have books that you can get um that you can just you can learn that way they have workshops so there's a there's actually a lot of ways to get certified i i knew myself and i knew i needed to get the hands-on uh in-person uh work so it it worked out great for me
1: that's uh... That's great. This program. Uh, how long was the certification program? How many months?
0: So it was a it was a full you know college year. Um, so we had you know we had our two two long semesters. You know September to December, and then um, you know end of January to May. Um, and because we had, I think we had each semester had like five classes or so. So it was it was an associate. It was not an associates, but it was a certificate um, certification program. So they have since involved to a two-year associate's degree but this was a one-year full year um, certification program which was great like I said you know there's um, a variety of different books that, that we used and there's the ACE and even the um, ACSM they have material that you can buy online and you can take your time and you can study all you want uh, but like I said I, I knew that that in order to be successful, I would need to be in person and I really needed to dedicate myself because like I said, I could have bought the books and read them on my own pace, but uh, truthfully, I don't know if I would have gotten the same out of it or how long it would have taken me based on the fact that I was working full time. Like this was, this was getting me out of my, my schedule and, and really committing to it. Um, so yeah, it was a, but it was a full year.
1: Sure. Now, uh, I I imagine there was some academic uh, subjects, but there was also, you know, the hands-on aspects of uh, of training, and uh, your class obviously had had facilities to do
0: that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the uh, the Qu- Quincy College was actually it was um, connected with the Quincy YMCA. Okay. So we yeah. had, so we we were taught in the, the the building, and we were in the gym doing um, a lot of the testing. Uh, and it was wonderful. Great. Since you had
1: your yeah. your bachelors already, uh, I guess there was no need for you to uh, turn the certificate into an associates in exercise science. Is that is that basically the thinking there?
0: Yeah. Um. Well, when I finished, because I was in the very first year of the program, uh, they were trying to get associates going. Um, I had. I had started out that next fall um, with the intention of giving it a try, but there weren't enough people involved. So they canceled the the associates program, which was fine. Um, I think, I think um, the idea behind getting the associates would be for someone who wanted to get more into the administrative part of it, I believe, um, more advanced stuff. But, you know, it worked out fine because they got the associates degree going the year after that. But I was... I was already, you know, um, knee deep into training. I was very busy already. So I, I didn't see a need to go into the associate's degree. So it really depends on what you want. Um, you know, there is there is bachelor's degrees in exercise science and kinesiology. Uh, and that, like I said, you usually start out on the training floor and you can work your way up to doing admin um, if you wanted to have your own gym, uh, things like that. Or if you wanted to work in, um, you know, as a strength coach, uh, there's, there's definitely – uh, potential for all that but like i said i was so busy as it was that i didn't i didn't feel the need to go back to school and to learn more because i was i was really enjoying it and i was successful so okay uh,
1: uh tell us about your first job your first professional job of doing training
0: so you know it was uh i, I kind of got right into it I was working out at a, a YMCA so it wasn't the Quincy YMCA where the classes were but it was uh, a sister branch of the same organization I was in Hanover um, I was living close by so it was so I was working out in Hanover anyway and the, the fitness director that uh, I got to know at that point um, I told him I was doing the program and I was in my we were still in the first semester of the schooling and I picked up a job there and I started working the floor and as soon as I passed my test so I I had done uh, six months I think or seven months of of work uh, on the floor fitness floor you know talking with other trainers and you know engaging with uh with people so it got me going and then I passed at the end of May my certification test and I started training uh that summer so I just. You know, that was my first job. And, you know, as a trainee, you just kind of, you pick up clients whenever you can, honestly. Sure. So when you yeah. say
1: on the floor, uh, Tyson, you mean that you were, you know, basically helping there'd be number of people in the in the uh, gym or fitness center and you'd be helping them. Um and, But at some point, I guess... <laughs> a person may want a dedicated trainer and and you were, were you assigned to someone or how does that work?
0: So um, that's a great question. So as um, is working the floor means you, you are uh, an employee of the gym. So let's say there's, um, you know, all your fitness equipment is on the the fitness floor. And as employee, I'm basically walking around, um, you know, cleaning things up. I'm filling water bottles and towels and then helping folks out that need help setting up on equipment um, and trying to answer questions the best I can. Now, mind you, before, when I first started working, I wasn't certified yet. So I couldn't give people uh, too much advice or direction um, as it wasn't, you know, I wasn't certified yet. So I would help out folks that needed, um, you know, just had simple questions and they needed to be set up on equipment and whatnot. Um, And then once I was, once I was um, certified, then you then people reach out to you and need a dedicated trainer like, okay, I'm coming to the gym on Wednesday at eight o'clock and they need you to be with me for the full hour. Like things like that. So it um it changed to that. So they don't get assigned. I mean, there's a combination of ways that one gets clients and or a trainer. Uh, one is by uh, questions that come through from you know from the front end, so membership or the fitness director, they get requests from Members who want a trainer and say, "Okay, well, let me say it with this person." Then there's people that you come that come to the gym when you're there and they have questions and if they and if they, you hit it off, then they say, "Okay, um, you know, I want to I want to hire you as a as a trainer." So it's it's kind of a combination of ways to get that connection.
1: I understand, and it's, uh, you know, you're a teacher. You know, first of all, you're a teacher, and then you have to have the technical, the technical, understanding of. Uh, you know, I would assume you were using uh, nautilus or similar types of equipment, and also doing uh, aerobic training. Uh, but uh, what was a typical, uh, you know, pattern or a typical? Uh, program when you would work with the new person was it based on they wanted to be there for six months was it open-ended was it just a six-week program is all of that flexible or and you you help design that
0: yeah yeah you know what it's a um you hit on everything every aspect of of uh being a trainer it hits all that stuff you know people come in and um first of all most people have no clue what they want um so usually the first Session there's a lot of there's a lot of talk because you're you're trying to give that person the workout that's going to work for them um, and you're also trying to set goals and plans for that person so you know normally you, you sit down like it's, if you go over for an hour you're usually going to talk for 20 minutes or half hour about that person you know why they're at the gym why why they're getting a trainer you know what their plan is moving forward. You know, obviously, you need to know about their health history, Um, but I I really try to figure out what their lifestyle is like. So, because I want them to be successful. So, as great as it is to for someone to come up and say, "Oh, I want to work with you three times a week for a month," that's great. I'll do it. But I also want to know what their plan is for after that. I don't want them to work with me three days a week for a month and then stop altogether. So, we really have to set up something uh, for the long term. Uh, but everyone's different from um, coming in for specific uh, body parts, or some people just need specific plans. Some people just need a workout buddy once a week. So every, I've, in my, you know, my 13 years of training, I've seen it all pretty much from, from people that, yeah, from people that need um, a trainer for the long term, and all the way to people need, like, I need one workout. So I've I've had people that sign up for one session and say, okay, I just need this workout and then call it a day, you know? So yeah. Variety. Yeah. So
1: nice. the, uh, uh, I know I, I happen to go to the YMCA, uh, in my town and, uh, I've noticed a, a lot of people have clipboards and they're writing things down. Uh, uh, to be honest, uh, I go through my routine and I know what my routine is, but, uh, I'm interested, Uh, is that, is that a good practice? Do you encourage your clients to be documenting the the changes?
0: Um, without a doubt I do. And I do that because now I, I do of documenting as well. And I suggest to my clients that they also document. And the reason being Gary is because, um, you really don't want people doing the same weights and repetitions for much longer than like three or four workouts. Um, so not only because not only that, but you also want to want people to see the gains they've made. So if you work out for you know two months and you're you've got the same weight as you started in January, and now it's March, you know you kind of lose that drive. But if you if you write it all down and say, oh man, I was doing um, you know 200 pounds in the leg press my I started, now I'm up to 350, you know you get those small goals. So so logging the logging the numbers is it's kind of multifaceted. Um, you know, plus, you know, for, as a trainer, the reason you want to log, um, your exercise and your weights, because if there's any, if there seems to be any issues, as far as, um, there's any strains or any injuries, you want to make sure that you, know, you, can, you want to make sure that's not going to re re injure anything or, but it also goes to the spot. You want to have, you want to have, um, performance measures pretty much, you know? So,
1: uh, I'm envisioning someone, uh, you know, on on a uh, bench press type of machine, and uh, they're doing their uh, their their process there. Uh, now, would you be d- documenting, or would they, after they finish the exercise, be
0: writing this down?
1: Is there is there a difference well, I,
0: there? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I, I, as a trainer, I I'll, I write it down for them so they can. Um, they can just move on but when they're on their own I usually suggest it sometimes my clients will just do a check mark um, like if I, if I meet with someone once a week I will change the workout or the weights or the repetitions when I train with them and they'll they'll take that program with them so if the, if the exercises are all the same okay Johnny you were doing 135 pounds on the bench press last week I'm going to up to 150 this week and then okay now you take it to 150 for the whole week and then we would go up again. So I, as a trainer have done it where I progress the person and they follow that weight, um, instead of them doing. So, so you want to make sure they're on, they're progressing at a, at a safe, at a safe uh, pace.
1: Yeah. The, uh, 13 years, uh, I, I know you've probably grown professionally and, uh, you got, you develop your own clients, uh, and are you also working, uh, you know, as an employee. So talk about your own, uh, clients and, and I understand that you have your own, your own company now, uh, where you've worked that way. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So, um, as I said earlier, I've, I've been training now for, um, 13 years and it's, and it's been wonderful. Um, I've had a mix of, um, all sorts of clients from, uh, a young seven-year-old to an elderly, you know, eighty-something-year-old. Uh, everything in between. Athletes, um, general population. You name it. So it's been been a nice experience for me, being all over the board in that respect. Um, I've also learned a lot um, because we have to have continuing education credits, which means it's basically like you know a nurse has to get credits every couple of years. So we need to we need to be learning. Um, which is great because there's uh, a lot of stuff to learn about, you know, different populations and different ways of training. So I've taken advantage of that time. And, and so I'm, I'm learning new things, who constantly, offers which is great. Who offers
1: that program? Is that offered by the certifying agency called ACE or? Uh...
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So ACE has a bunch of stuff you can learn on their own, but you can also do other uh, other programs that have these uh, certifying credits, um, you know, I've done some hands-on stuff um, with some athletic coaches, where they, you know, they have to um, they get points as well. So I have to go through a process to get the to get the credit for it. But ACE, as a certifying body, does have a a, a library of of certifications, uh, quizzes you can take, and then you can get all sorts of um, DVD stuff that you, like I said, it's uh, it's kind of like kind of like online workshops or if I wanted to I could go and do hands-on workshops so it's a variety of things so it's it's basically about constant learning which is which is really nice um, but it's yeah so it's as far as the business is concerned um, I have I have a very unique and um, lucky experience in my as a full-time trainer at the at a YMCA which is it's not very um, common for a personal trainer to have a full-time job with, you know, with benefits because the way the business is, it's kind of all over the place. So uh, I think a, a, a large portion of trainers are part-timers in some gyms or independent contractors or, or small business owners. Um, it's so very rare to have a company, especially a gym like the Y, put you on as a full-time employee with benefits, and that's been because I've had a number of years where I have been consistently busy with, um, you know, 35 or 40 hours of training between one-on-one clients and classes, so I've, I, I've I had that under my belt for a number of years, and I continue to do so, so they so they allowed me to come on full-time because, you know, obviously uh it's a benefit for me, but it's also a benefit for the gym because i'm I'm bringing on a consistent basis uh revenue um which is why which is why independent contracting is usually uh the more common occurrence because you know the gym gets money when you get money and there's there's no it's it's kind of black and white sure well so,
1: well you know yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt uh what I'm thinking no. about is you know the the benefit idea uh uh, as you know, the cost of uh, medical insurance is significant today. If if, if you're completely yep. independent and not associated with like the y- the YMCA, uh, you'd have to buy that on the open marketplace, more or less. Uh, where as, as an individual, where the YMCA, I would imagine, offers a group medical benefit, and it doesn't cost you as much. So. Bottom line, right. I mean that's that's an important factor. Uh, so actually, uh, you can uh, have a full time job and sort of raise a family uh, doing this type of work.
0: Yeah, it's possible, but it it comes it comes from a lot of work, Gary. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I was uh, I'm almost forty, and uh, when I was I was I got my certification, I was twenty seven uh, at the time. I was um, not only was I working at the gym, but I was I was working at the uh restaurant still um i was also i was also coaching um gymnastics and cheerleading at the same time so i was working four jobs um so you've got to put a lot of time and effort into um you know staying afloat really um then once i um you know once i you know left the restaurant you know I, i lost the insurance from there i i um i was paying yeah, I was paying my own insurance, um, which, which is expensive. So, and again, it just caused you to, you know, you have to have the drive to be, uh, successful. I mean, personal training, to be honest with you, there's a lot of, uh, people doing it as a retirement job or a side job or part-time of other work. Um, because it does take a lot. I mean, 40 hours of training is your typical work week for most folks, but in, in the training world to get 40 hours, it's long days because typically you're not going to fill your day up from nine to five. I mean your day is you know five to nine a.m., uh, maybe two or three in the afternoon until seven or eight at night, and then you work in the weekends. So it's not a typical Monday through Friday nine to five. Now granted, uh, there's not a lot of jobs like that anymore, but um, in the training world, it's because people that can afford the training, you know, they have those jobs that are more nine to five. So we're like, I always tell people that I work the opposite of bankers hours, which is early morning, late night and the weekends.
1: Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah.
1: It takes a lot of dedication. Sure. Um, in terms of, uh, the satisfaction from this work, uh, You've been doing it for 13 years, and I I would imagine there's some uh, different types of satisfaction. Uh, But could you talk a little bit about that?
0: You know, Gary, um, I haven't had a lot of I mean, I've I've been working since I was like nine years old. But this is probably um, the most rewarding job that one can get as far as helping people. You know, there's folks out there that have no clue what they want or how they're going to go about getting Whatever they want, uh, as far as their health and wellness are concerned. So to be able to even point people in the right direction, um, it's it's really an honor for me. Uh, and people obviously they get plenty of results, and that's what it really comes down to. I mean, you're, I mean, I'm a real personable person, um, if that makes sense. And that's really what you need to be. You need to be, um, you know, you need to be. If, if the personal training aspect is to be a person. You know, you, you could, I could have, I could be standing next to someone that knows, you know, a hundred times more than I do about the body and everything. But if they can't, if they can't connect with a person, it doesn't matter.
1: That's a great point. You know? Yeah. It's personal.
0: So it's, it's personal training.
1: Right. So exactly. It's it's not only, a, it's, there's a mind aspect to it and an emotion aspect to
0: it, uh, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. So it's very, it's, so it's very satisfying. And, and let me tell you something. I've been talking about this for a couple of years now. If I were, if I were to, you know, hit the lottery or if I were to retire and not need the money, I would, it's still a job I would do. Um, I would still train because, because it gives me that satisfaction. So I don't call it work because I love what I'm doing. And, you know, if I didn't need, if I didn't need the money, you know, I would do it for free. I wouldn't do it at five o'clock in the morning, (laughs) but I would, but I would still do it. You know what I mean? Sure. Now,
1: like any job, uh, um there probably are frustrations along the way. Could you uh, uh, talk a little bit about some of the frustrations you have?
0: Yeah. You know, um, you know, from time to time, and I've been very lucky in the fact that I I have a lot of clients, I guess my percentage wise, it's not that big a deal, but you do have from time to time, you have folks that um, either cancel their appointments at the last minute uh, or they they don't show up. Um, So those, (laughs) excuse me those are some of the, the frustrations you come across. Um, or you may have, you may have weeks where, you know, you have clients that are sick or, or they're away. And, you know, those, I don't want to say frustration because I understand the business. Starting out um, there have weeks that you make a lot of money. You have weeks that you may don't, you don't make a lot of money. You may, you could you know, that's what's tough about, I should say that's tough about the business because you'll have a week that you'll have, 30 clients and it could be weekly. You have 20 clients.
1: Sure. Is, so. In terms of money is, is, is the basic metric sort of an hourly rate? Uh, how does that work? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. For the most part, I, I, I believe that most people do hours uh, Well, there are a handful of folks that will do half hours. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's by the hour um and you know, the the amount of money that you can make varies it all depends on what gym you work at or if you do it on your own i mean in your location you know you go into major
1: i'm sorry and we need no, up- interrupt again the uh the, let's think about a range you know an hourly range is it like maybe 20 to 30 dollars an hour as a trainer or more or less how does that work
0: so it really depends on where you go. I mean, I have, um, if you're, if you're training in the city somewhere, you know, you're looking at, you know, the, the let's say you go into a for profit gym in, in New York city, I can guarantee you that the gym is going to charge your client $150 an hour. Um, and then the trainer might, then it might, the, the trainer might make 75 of that. And then you go to an area like mine, there's some gyms that, um, they charge 75 an hour, and give the trainer 15 to 20. So it really depends on the gym. Um, but, you're probably going to go somewhere between, you know, 25 and $35 an hour is probably something I would consider being the average. Um, that sounds to be about right. Um, but again, it all varies. And then there's some gyms that give you, they have a tier, a tier payment, meaning that if you're just starting, you may be like a tier one trainer and you may get, you know, minimum wage. And then once you get to a second, you get to a second tier, whether it's because of you know, the people you have or your training, they may up that. So, so it, there's, there's such a wide variety of, um, of, of I guess, uh, hourly uh, wage um, that it's it's really tough. You know, it's every area is different. You know,
1: I understand uh, the uh, the progression. Uh, are there are there any trainers that really try to even get more specialized and get other types of certifications? Did do specialized work, let's say with disabled people or you know people who are a little bit more unique?
0: Oh yeah um, so like I was talking about earlier having uh, a certification and having different um, credentials, you can you need to have what you would call a niche. you know there's a lot of trends out there and you can train your general population is' fine. But to be successful, you have to have a niche or a series of niches where you are you are special as far as who you can train. And it can be anywhere from you know, specific to youth strength training, all the way up to um, senior population and disabled training. Um, and again, going to the, the um, continuing education credits you have, you can do specific. Um, so uh, let me just give you a few examples. Like I've done exercise and diabetes um, certification, um, I have certified myself in, um, uh, fitness and nutrition. Uh, I have, um, high intensity, uh, interval training, specification, um, behavior, behavior change. Um, yeah. So, so you can have anywhere. You can keep your, your general population certification, or you can go all the way to doing your specific, uh, ones. And that's, that's what helps you be successful because you add, you basically want to always add knowledge to your resume so we have these bios at the gym and it says all these all these things below my bio below my picture that say you know certified it's this and this so that 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 kind of opens the eyes for people um you know to 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 go towards you you know
1: okay uh in terms of uh you know people who will be looking at the career pod that they may be considering going into this field and uh What pieces of advice would you give them, uh, uh, Tyson? In terms of, uh, you know, their basic, uh, the basic makeup they need, and the skills, and and their their interpersonal skills, and their technical understanding of the field. Uh, How would you advise them?
0: Well, I I want to question. um, Want them to question themselves as far as what they have. For you know, I I feel like patience is a uh, a great virtue to have when you're going into this field, uh, and the reason being is that it's a uh, word-of-mouth business, meaning that you get certified on May 15th, and you start working at a gym on May 16th. Uh, your first client, your first client will not be May 17th. Um, like I said, it's a it's a word-of-mouth. So you have to be really uh, willing to get out there, uh, give some sessions for free. Get your name out there so people recognize who you are. So you have to have patience because, you know, just as opening a business, people aren't going to come to you just because you're a trainer. They're going to come to you because they have to be recommended to you. People are paying out of pocket for something like this. uh, They need to know it's going to work. So patience is a big virtue. Um, Obviously we talked about the personality. You have to be able to, you have to be able to speak, um, speak to people and, again even with people is concerned, you have to be patient with people and their uh, their commitment um so personality' is huge you know you can know as I said a hundred times more than someone to your left, but if you don't know how to communicate your your level of knowledge to someone else on the other side, there may not be a connection, and that's really what it comes down to so just you know I would tell a person don't um don't don't put all your eggs in one basket as far as knowing, knowing, knowing all the stuff. You need to know how to relay that information.
1: Sure. Now, the uh, uh, along the way, uh, Tyson, uh, have you had any uh, maybe interesting clients uh, or funny or exciting stories, uh, uh, you know, that you've picked up in this
0: business? Um, that's a good question. I, I know I've, I've had um, a lot of success stories, which is always great to hear. Um, so I've had, I've tried my best to actually once in a while, we get someone um, that has a big name come through the Y um, like an actor or something. And I, and you try to, you try to communicate with them once in a while and say, you know, one of you, let me give you a hand here. So, I mean, they, they never bite, but I I've had, I've come across a few people that have uh, that would be, let's just say they would be uh, recognized names and I've tried my best to get them on as clients, but it never works out as well. Um, but I don't know, um, I don't know if I have any crazy funny stories. I just have some really nice success stories. I've, um, you know, I pride myself on keeping the clients and retaining them for a number of years, which I have I actually have one client I've, I've been with for 12 years, um, um well, he's been with me for 12 years. That's great. Um, uh, you have to keep on yeah.
1: upping, upping the game though keep him motivated and but he must be he or she must be motivated anyway to you know to keep it keep at it
0: yeah but it's but it's i should say i shouldn't say i don't have a specific story but one thing i really love about the job is is i get like when i let's say i have my kids for example like not my own kids but my my younger kids like let's say middle school or younger um i get a lot of joy out of the the faces of the parents because the parents see what I'm putting the kids through, um, and they get a lot of, you know, they get a, a laugh out of it because the kids. Basically, I'm torturing the kids um, to the, the, you know, and the and the parents, the parents love that. Yeah, well, you know,
1: you have to relate to them, and uh, it's it's great. The youth training you can start at a very early age, and it's nice to hear that you're uh, sort of. Those kids are going to be training for life, a lot of them. So you're setting the right patterns while they're young. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, I want to have one final question, uh, Tyson, in terms of uh, yeah. what role luck has played in your career. This can be like good luck, bad luck. The things that um, you do and you sound so conscientious uh but like you said, it, it takes more than that. Sometimes, have you run into any situations where where luck was important for you?
0: Well, I think there's definitely a little string of luck that goes with picking up clients. You have to be you have to be at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, if you have a people that will come up to you with the with the right questions, or you know, when I first started working the floor, as we talked about, you know, I was. It was just the hours that that I picked or the hours that were given to me. And you have to have a little bit of luck as far as the people coming in and asking questions. So you there is there is luck involved in being in the right place at the right time. And that's even considered now. Like there might be I picked up clients where I'll be in between clients and kind of kind of walking around and I'll have someone ask me a question and then you know, I'll pick up a client that way. So there is a little bit of luck. But as far as retaining clients and learning new things. I mean, that's not real luck. That's, that's hard work and dedication um, being in the gym uh, first thing in the morning. I'm at the gym before 5:30 every day of the week, except for Saturdays. Um, and then, and then there's two or three nights where I'm there till, you know, seven or eight. So that's not luck. That's just, you know, the will to, to be successful and, and uh, you know, pay the bills per se. Um, and I couldn't say there's any bad luck. I mean, we're, right now, the interview is going on during the um, the biggest pandemic in our nation's history, and we're all on lockdown. Um, you know, so I could easily say it's bad luck that I'm in this job because you know, there's no gym means no um, there's no money coming in. But again, with my dedication, my drive, I have changed over some of my um, my earnings. Obviously, there's none at the gym, so I'm I'm trying to stay involved with my clients and doing some online stuff. Um, you know for the time being because I have to have some kind of income so I wouldn't say there's any bad luck
1: well Tyson I just want to say that um, you've done a great job here and I think anybody considering this field would really value you know your input the the subtleties uh, of the field and uh, I wish you continued success Uh, I appreciate uh, it Thank you for participating in CareerPod, and you have a great day.
0: You too. Thanks a lot, Gary.